You're listening to True North with Pastor Gary Cottle of Gary Cottle Ministries. And if God saw enough in you to invest in you, His own blood, then that's all you need to know about your worth. And if God saw enough in you to invest His blood in you, that's all I need to know about your worth. Forget your past. Forget your tendencies to do stupid like me. Amen. Forget all that. If God saw it worth His Son's investment in you to give you a bright hope and a future, then we ought to know that we got something to work with. Do you carry a dark and broken past? Do you feel at times that you're unworthy to be loved? These are real feelings. However, they're direct lies from the enemy. In our message today, Pastor Gary is going to be reminding us of our worth. You see, thousands of years ago, Jesus Christ shed his blood for you and for me. We weren't simply a dot on a page, but we were known and specifically chosen by him. As you listen, I pray this reminds you of your incredible worth in Christ Jesus. Now here's Pastor Gary in the book of Luke chapter 15 as he begins his message, The Treasure Within. Verses 8 through 11, we are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. Always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus. That the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our body. For we which live are always delivered unto death for Jesus' sake. That the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our mortal flesh. Verse 12, so then death worketh in us, but life in you. Paul speaking to his converts, his church that he is pastoring, and he is teaching them that just as he suffers and bears in his body the marks of the Lord Jesus for the benefit of the church, just as Jesus died to give the church life, Paul is essentially teaching the Corinthians that death works in him so that life can work in them. And for any of us who serve the Lord, we must understand the realization of this truth that we will die to give life to others. And I'm not necessarily talking about an early grave physically. I'm talking about dying to self Self's agenda and self's preferences and self's comforts. How many of you know that people fall apart personally so that they can give? Mothers do this. Single mothers who don't have no other option but to raise their kid by themselves and they will spend themselves for the benefit of their child. They will work three jobs if they must and, and they'll do whatever until they get their kids raised and they may even shorten their lifespan by the way they live under the pressures of that kind of lifestyle just to make sure that their children are raised right. You know, 
how many of you know it's a commitment to raise kids right? Amen. And, and listen, here's the thing. You've got to believe in the one you're investing in to have that kind of commitment. Not so much that we believe in others so much as we believe in the God that's in others. The reason we can invest in one another as children of God is because we see the potential in others. And it's worth the sacrifice to help others gain a closer walk with God. Amen. And we're talking about digging for treasure. We've already done an intro and we've talked about the depth of the treasure. And I'm just kind of fast forwarding and and recapping just a little bit. But we talked about how the, the treasure is so deep that you could go as far back in eternity as you possibly can in your human imagination. And, and then it'll be even beyond that. That's when God started thinking about you and I. That's how deep that treasure goes. You know, when Christ is in you, he is that treasure. And we talked about how he appraises you, not based upon your material wealth or worth, but based upon himself and what he can do with you and how much he loves you it's interesting i've used this analogy before and it's kind of silly but if you think about it i'm right elijah could put up a piece of bubble gum on ebay tomorrow and try to sell it for ten thousand dollars and everybody would laugh at him but somebody like bon jovi would do the same thing he'd probably get a million dollars for that piece of chewed up bubble gum because somebody thinks it's worth that much because of who it was that chewed on that piece of gum. And we think that's crazy. But really it illustrates something. Beauty is in the eye of the beholder. And if God saw enough in you to invest in you, his own blood, then that's all you need to know about your worth. And if God saw enough in you to invest his blood in you, that's all I need to know about your worth. Forget your past. Forget your tendencies to do stupid like me, amen, (laughs) forget all that. If God saw it worth his son's investment in you to give you a bright hope and a future, then we ought to know that we got something to work with, amen. So it's a deep treasure, but I want to focus a few minutes on discovering that treasure within yourself. And so I want to draw your attention now to the book of Luke chapter 15, Luke chapter 15, I want to read verses 13 through 17. Let's start at verse 11. A certain man had two sons. The younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falleth to me. And he divided unto them his living. So the one son came and asked for his inheritance. So the father decided, well... If I'm going to give him his inheritance, I might as well give my other son their inheritance. He was trying to be fair, right? Your parents know what that's all about. Not many days after, the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country and there wasted his substance with riotous living. He lived like he's going to live forever, didn't he? He lived like that money would never run dry. Just throwed a big old party until the money dried up and the women dried up and apparently the work dried up, the respect dried up. Amen. Y'all with me? Say amen. Verse 14, and when he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in that land 
And he began to be in want. That means he began to lack greatly. And he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into his fields to feed swine. Be careful who you hook up with when you're desperate. Amen. That was one of his mistakes. The reason he hooked up with somebody that didn't respect him is because he didn't respect himself. So you've got to be careful about that. And he would fain have filled his belly with the husk that the swines did eat, and no man gave unto him. And when he came to himself, he said, How many hired servants of my father's have bread enough and to spare, and I perish with hunger? I will arise and go to my father, and will say unto my father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee, and am no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of thy hired servants. Let's stop reading there and focus on verse 17. The Bible said, when he came to himself. When he came to himself. I'm talking about discovering your treasure. Here was the problem with the young man that got his inheritance. And the problem that many of us have in life's experience a lot of times. Often we find our identity not in who we are but in what we possess and in what we do. So all of a sudden, if I lose what I possess or if I'm no longer able to do what I've always been known to do career-wise or activity-wise, all of a sudden I don't even know who I am because we have it backwards. We need to understand that our value is not based on what we hold in our hand, not based on our ability to perform, but it's based solely and entirely upon relationship. Relationship. Whose family are you in? Now, earthly, if we were speaking in earthly lineage, many of us would be in trouble because we look back in the history of our family and there's not much to be proud of if truth be known. Until the gospel hit the caudal family, we were miserable people. Amen? But I'm not talking about our earthly family. I'm talking about the family of God. I'm talking about the fact that when you put your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, you are now a citizen of heaven. You are now a joint heir with Christ Jesus. You are now a child of the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. You now have access to come boldly before the throne room of the King of Kings and Lord of Lords and make your petition known, no questions asked, because the book of Hebrews gives you that access through your relationship to the blood of Christ. Right? You see where I'm going with this? And even though a son may find himself in a predicament where he has lost all he possessed and he was no longer able to do anything for himself does not mean that his father had been diminished to that state of affairs. I think about Mephibosheth. You remember who Mephibosheth was? He was one of the household of Saul after Saul was no longer the king of Israel and God had promoted David to be king. And David, because of his covenant with Jonathan, Saul's son, David wanted to show kindness to the house of Saul. And so he asked if there's any left of the house of Saul 
that I can show goodness to for the sake of the covenant that I made with Jonathan. And they said there's a, there's a crippled boy down a Lodabar named Mephibosheth. And he sent down his best chariot, I believe, and picked up Mephibosheth and took him to the king's place and set him down at his table to eat meat continually at the king's house. And this is a perfect picture of the fact that even though Mephibosheth lost all of his possessions and lost all of his abilities, he never lost his worth. And no matter how down in the dumps you get, no matter how incapable you feel or non-resourceful you feel or no matter how little you feel like you can contribute to the kingdom of God, you should never allow your status to talk you into thinking that you are not worth anything to God or his kingdom because it's not over yet till God says it's over. Amen. And God knows how to take you from the dung heap, if I might use King James vernacular. Amen. And he knows how to pull you up out of that mess and clean you up and and put a king's robe on you and put purpose in you, put you in a position of servanthood and use you for his glory. And it's not about what you lost and it's not about what you're not able to do, but it's about who you belong to and the fact that he still loves you. Amen. And I think that the problem we have, the reason we're so hard on ourselves, the reason we don't let our, we don't even allow ourselves to see ourselves the way God sees us is because there's too much stuff between our perceived self and our real self. There's too many possessions. There's too many abilities. There's too much activity, things that we do, places that we go, how we identify ourselves in this culture. There's just too much stuff that we control that stands between who we think we are and who we really are. And sometimes the best thing God can do for us is strip us down to the bone until we have nowhere to look but in the mirror of God's Word. And then we realize, even though we may feel like we're hopeless and helpless, that now God's got something He can work with. Someone who is humble, someone who is looking up in the right direction, someone who is now putting their trust in the Lord and not in themselves. Amen. And all of a sudden, God looks and says, now there's the treasure I've been digging for. I had to dig through all of your mess. I had to dig through all of your treasures. I had to dig through all of the things that that your possessions and your talents and your gifting and your strength and your ability. I had to dig down beneath all that that was stood between who you were and who you thought you were so that not only could I see who you were, but more importantly, you could see who you were with or without any of that. And I believe that God wants us to have so much confidence in not ourselves, but the God who called us. That whether we're up or whether we're down, whether we're rich or whether we're poor, whether we're naked or whether we're clothed, amen, whether we're well or or whether we're sick, amen, whether we're liked or whether we're hated, that we know who we are, we know whose we are, and we're going to continue to treasure that treasure that's within Amen. Don't let yourself or anybody else convince you that the only place you have a right to be at is in the hog pen eating slop with strangers. That's not your place. Amen. I see too many newborn Christians that are so quick to run back to what God saved them from until they learn better. Listen, it's not worth it. God brought you out. 
that it might put you in a better place, not for you to just run back to the hog pen. Amen. And, and if you understood what it was God did in you and for you and through you, you would respect yourself enough not to allow yourself to go there again. And one of the reasons he hooked, joined up with a citizen of that country is because he forgot his other options. Good thing about being a child of God is I have options because I have Jesus. Amen. You're never out of options, by the way. You may be down on your luck. You may be out of money. You may be, you may be down to the last thread of hope, but there's, you're never without options when you belong to him because you're hooked up to one who owns it all, who has it all, who can do it all. Amen, church? So you've got to discover that for yourself. Verse 6 of our opening text, remember, it said, God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness has shined in our hearts. Why do you think he came to himself? It's because God turned a light on in his soul. There's a picture of the Holy Spirit working in his heart. And you know what I'm talking about. You get all out of sorts with God. Amen. You get all out of sorts with your brother or sister in Christ. Uh, and all of a sudden, it's, it's like taking a coal out of a fire. You set it over to the side and isolate it by itself. It'll start getting cold. Amen. But I'm glad to announce to you that you can take a Christian out of the fire, but you can't take the fire out of a Christian. Because no matter where you go and what you do, David said, though I make my bed in hell, behold, thou art there. There's something about God that will not leave you in your mess without convicting you, without challenging you, without working on you. He'll never give up on you. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Jesus never gives up on his. We may give up on each other, but Jesus knows your worth and he knows what he can do with you once you discover who you are in his eyes. You know what the devil, I, I still believe one of the most, the, the things the devil's most worried about is that some of us figure out what God has planned for us and we actually believe it. And we actually set about doing what we hear the Holy Spirit saying we should be doing for him. If the devil, if it ever gets out who you are and what God can and will and wants to do in your life, it'll blow your mind. It'll blow the mind of your brothers and sisters in Christ, and it'll make the devil mad, and it might even put them on the run. Amen? But I think so many Christians today are scared stiff to serve God because they have no confidence that God could ever use them. And let me tell you something. It's not us anyway. It's Him. We have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency may be of who? Him and not of us. You see, the excellency is in Christ, in us, the hope of glory, right? And so your worth is not in a place. Your worth is not in a position. But your worth is in a person, and His name is Jesus. It is not what has happened to you or what you have done that determines your worth, but it's who you are in Christ. You have royal blood running through your heart if you're saved. You are a child of the King. Understand how valuable you are to God. It's only when you've 
lost it all, however, that you truly find it all. And that's what I believe the text meant if we go back to the opening there, 2 Corinthians 4, 12. So then death worketh in us, but life in you. But you back up one verse. For we which live are always delivered unto death for Jesus' sake, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our mortal flesh. And it's interesting how that the younger brother came to himself, repented in his heart, and he made himself as one of the servants. And just when he thought that he would have been happy to serve as a servant and not as a son and not as an heir, Daddy says, y'all get up the best robe. Y'all find that ring that I've been saving up. Y'all find that good pair of shoes and find that fatted calf. We're going to throw a party. Amen. And he restored him to sonship. He did not put him in as a slave and say, well, you deserve what you get. You're exactly right. I'm going to treat you just like you felt like you deserved to be treated. No, that's not what the father did, is it? He treated him better than he deserved. Amen. I like what one preacher I heard say several years ago, grace will make you look better than you actually are. Ain't that the truth? I don't deserve none of this. And if the truth be known, we would all admit that. We don't really deserve it. But we have a a father that's so loving and so patient and so gracious. And I think one of the reasons that we can be mean to one another sometimes, if the truth be known, is because we resent ourselves. And we see others through the lens of our own hatred for ourselves. The reason people have trust issues with others is because they don't even trust themselves. And, and they know how evil the flesh is through personal experience and how in the world can I trust anybody else when I can't even trust myself. And, and I think sometimes we need to give ourselves in the hands of Jesus the benefit of the doubt. Who knows but what Jesus can take somebody that we don't trust, clean them up, make them whole, make them again another vessel. That seems good to the master to make them. Amen? And maybe, just maybe, if we will learn to respect the treasure and the value that God sees in us, then we could start respecting one another even more. So the, the son, i got to wrap this up, but the son came home, they threw a party, and then the elder brother, what didn't go out and sleep with whores, what didn't go out and waste his substance with riotous living, he maintained his integrity so it looked like on the surface, also had a self-image problem. Whereas the younger son thought too little of himself, the elder son thought too much of himself forgetting that his identity also was not in what he possessed or what he did, even though he stayed at home and did all the right things. But it was in who, whose house he lived in. You see that? Whether someone is capable and able and bright and shining and has all the gifts and the talents or whether they're low on the totem pole and don't have much to offer. If you're saved, the ground is level at the foot of the cross. And so the elder brother was just on the other side, in the ditch on the other side of the road, equating his value with what he had 
not done. The Bible says for us not to compare ourselves one with another because that's, that's foolish. It's not wise, it says. We don't compare ourselves with each other. We compare ourselves to the Lord Jesus. And when we all find ourselves lacking, we all repent and try to be like Jesus, not like each other. Thanks for listening today to Pastor Gary's message on True North. Be sure to subscribe so you never miss an edition. If you've enjoyed today's message, please leave us a note in the comments and be sure to share these teachings with others. True North is a part of Gary Cottle Ministries, and you can learn more by visiting our website, garycottle.com. Is there something we could be praying for in your life right now? Let Pastor Gary know by sending an email to contact at garycoddle.com. That's contact at Gary, C-A-U-D-I-L-L.com. Would you do something for us too? Would you pray for this ministry of True North? We want to make sure we're following God's plans for us at all times, with courage to step out in faith and humility to allow Him to work. Please pray that we'd stay tethered to the Lord always. Would you also pray for others who will be listening to this broadcast? Pray that God will open ears and hearts to His truth, and that many will come to know Jesus as their personal Savior. Thanks for partnering with us in this way. Our time with you is up for today, but thanks for joining us for this edition of True North.